So welcome to the fourth episode of the 207 Alpha podcast. I'm joined today by Ray Meyer, the chapter president of the main alpha chapter of SIGEP in 1987, to discuss his experience in the chapter both during that era and as president. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be on. Yeah. So if you'd like to give a little bit of an introduction to people that might not know you or your time or what you've done since since being in SIGEP. Okay, so uh, let's see. I, I graduated high school in '82 and uh, got a got a bid to go to uh, the University of Maine. Um, I ended up uh, going into the forestry program up there, and uh, I was in 109 Somerset when I first got to school, and uh, then uh, got a degree in forestry there, and and um, moved on, you know, to settle into New Hampshire. I was really originally from New Jersey. And uh, anybody from uh, any of my pled classes know that I was from Mawa, and uh, Mawa means meeting place. So uh, anyone listening to this uh, from that era would definitely remember that. And uh, so yeah, and then I, I when I graduated, I ended up settling in New Hampshire, and uh, I started out in forestry for a little while, and then I got uh, I got laid off at one point. Found a part time job with FedEx, and I've been with them for. 32 years. Awesome. Yeah. So when you first decided to come to UMaine, what made you choose uh, UMaine? I think what showed, there was a couple of reasons for UMaine. I wanted a good forestry program. Uh, Even though I was a kid from Jersey, I was uh, heavily involved in scouting and I liked the outdoors and uh, the outdoors was always an escape for me, whether it was hiking, camping, fishing. So, um, and I always thought that having a job in, in, in that type of um, area was would have had me in the field, if you will, um, not behind a desk um, like most of us currently are now. Yeah. Um, but it was definitely a chance to get out in the field and, and, and do something, you know, with the environment. Um, it was, you know, again, it was just kind of something I thought I was going to do. So. I had an opportunity to go to uh, State College, uh, Cook College down in Rutgers. We had a good program for forestry, um, UMaine, uh, UVM, uh, UMass, Samhurst. They all had good programs, uh, but there was a draw to Maine. Um, I, I also was interested in maybe walking on and playing football, uh, but that came to a screeching halt once I saw the workload and, and, and just just everything on top of it. It just wasn't going to happen. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Maine was a good choice for forestry. Yeah. Um, so when you got on campus after you started college, what got you interested in joining SIGEP? Well, like I had mentioned, I was, you know, I was, uh, I was a scout. I was an Eagle Scout, and uh, it's been actually kind of amazing how many Eagle Scouts have gone through SIGEP Phi Epsilon. It's quite a few. Yeah. Right? So. Um, <sighs> It was an organizational thing, you know. I had a I had a set of principles, um, you know, that that I followed, and I still follow to this day. I'm still heavily involved with scouting, and I think the draw was that camaraderie, uh, you know, um, you know, the brotherhood. Um, there was a lot of Greek organizations, you know, to choose from, um, but I think, I guess it was. Uh, a feeling of feeling more comfortable with the brotherhood and how they, um, did things. Um, you know, their, their rush events seemed to be a lot of fun. Um, it wasn't, uh, 
They didn't. I think that hindsight's twenty twenty, but I think they seem to be, and, and I, I didn't have that word at the time, but they seem to be a lot more diverse. They weren't clicky. They weren't preppy. That was a term, you know, we used for um, some of the guys down the down the down the street. Yeah. Um, so for me, it was it was more of a, a diverse group and just you know a fun group. So you know, like anything else, we had a process right for pledging. Um, and back in the day, you would, you know, you would go to pre- pledge events, you'd sign in, they'd have a list of names, um, Monday night, they'd have a meeting, their, their weekly meeting, they'd go through the list. Um, they'd off, they'd talk about different pledges, you know, people that they thought, you know, would be good pledges. You'd get a pledge card. And if you signed your pledge card, you're basically, you know, on your way becoming brother uh, at Sigma Phi Epsilon. Yeah. You join that pledge class for that semester. Gotcha. So when when you uh, started, I guess, the pledging process with like the, the pledge, the rush events, what kind of events were they doing? Uh, you know, again, it was a social fraternity, a lot different than it is now, you know, with the balance band. Um, back then, it, you know, it would be football games, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, it was still, especially in the springtime, we try to get, you know, be outside, you know, um, while the weather was still all right and still yeah. manageable. Um, and there would be things like, you know, even if it was just, uh, you know, volleyball or getting uh, tickets to go to a game and, and some of the, because uh, uh, we were right across the street, obviously, from the football field. So we could have a tailgate really just in our own yard. And get ready for a game, and then go over as a as a group, you know. And right. so we'd go and do stuff like that. And then, um, you know, our, our the fraternity would have um, you know some themed parties here and there. Sometimes get together with sorority, and um, you know some of those were you know pledge events as well. So the process for 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 those events was more or less um, just social events, you know, at the house. Um, and we always referred to it as the house, you know, it was always the house, you know, Yeah. go down to the house, you know, so, and, uh, you know, again, cause I was up in Somerset, you know, it wasn't that bad. I, you know, me and a couple of the guys that were pledging at the same time, we'd, we'd all come down and then, you know, once we, once we got our pledge cards and our class started, a lot of us started, some of us actually did move in, um, at that time also to be there and. And some of us waited an extra semester till it ended before we you know, chose to move into the house. But, right. Um, so that's how that went. Cool. So when you got your your pledge card, um, how soon did you sign in? And if if as far as into detail as you can go, I guess what was your pledging process like, like to become a brother? Okay. So back in the day, <laughs> we um and, and and it's changed quite a bit. But back in the day, we used to. We'd have a pledge bid, you know. I was, you know, I don't know if you've seen the movie Animal House. But, yeah, you know, the, yeah. You know, a pledge plan, you know. And uh, so I still joke about that sometimes. <laughs> but, um, you'd wear your pledge pin, and you'd usually have to be, you know, dressed nicely whenever you're around the attorney. You had to introduce yourself to the brothers. One of the things we used to do um, at the house is we'd have we would carry kind of like a notebook, and in the notebook you'd have to. You know how you'd have to get the signatures of all the brothers living in the house, okay. and by doing so, you'd also mark down that they were, you know, first right down hall. 
So it would be one R D H. Yep. One right down hall. And then you'd have to have something you had to know about that particular brother. And it was really a great process. Um, you know, all hazing aside, you know, things that were, you know, considered hazing. It was, we never saw that as hazing. We always saw that as like a great way to learn who the brothers are and, right. and getting their signatures was kind of, somebody might give you a hard time that you only had three or four in your book as opposed to having, you know, a lot more than you should at that period of time. Yeah. But, you know, it was one of those things to get to know who everybody was. And it was a great, it was a great way because some, some brothers took it seriously and, you know, they'd have you come in and sit down and chat for a while and you'd learn a lot more about them than you even, than you need to put in the book. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. Really enjoyed that process of the pledge period. And then, um, I guess, I don't know, it was generally four to six weeks, if I can remember correctly, how long the pledge process. And during that time, there were certain functions that went on that were pledge related in the house. And, um, a lot of it was, you know, um, doing some house duties, you know, you'd be assigned certain house duties, whether it be sweeping the floors, doing something in the kitchen, doing dishes or something like that. So you kind of got assimilated to the, you know, the work jobs that were going to be in the house anyway. So that was, that was pretty good. And, um, and then some of the, um, there's a, another function that would, um, lead to more ruckus um, types of things. Um, everything that we always did is you always had a big brother. And the big brother process was probably by far the thing that I liked the most. Um, I ended up with five little brothers. So I, I really enjoyed, you know, the process of having a big brother. Yeah. Um, Kurt McCandless was my big brother. And they always had your back. So no matter how testy things got with people getting in your face and, you know, giving you a hard time, um, your big brother was always there to, to prop you up and, and make sure that you were okay. And um, back in the day, we had uh, what we called Ram Jam. And that was just one of the functions where we kind of all thought that, you know, things weren't going to go well for us. And, and then they turned out to just be a, a good party and, and a chance to get to know the brothers. It was always just brothers. So we had a couple of those throughout the period. And then, um, and then through your pledge process, uh, you finally got to the point where you're going to go through initiation. Um, and the initiation was the full initiation that is now in pieces. We went through from beginning to end. Yep. And, um, I don't know if you guys still have all the equipment from when we used to do it. Um, but it was, it was, it was really impressive. And I know, you know, the chapter brothers took it very seriously. So, um, so it was a, it was a pretty cool process. Yeah. You know, become a member at Sigma Phi Epsilon. Cool. So kind of going back on one of your points when you're talking about the house, like what was the chapter house like, uh, during that period? So not much different than it is today, unfortunately. I mean, you guys are ready for a new place. I'm telling yeah. you, it's, it's about time. But um, so uh, the dining room was still the dining room. Kitchen was still the kitchen. And then I don't know what you call the, the, the down. I think you call that the chapter room now. That was basically our party room. It so was a, oh, it the was game room. Yeah, the game room. Yep. Yeah. The game room was a bar. Okay. Um, for all intents and purposes. 
Um, it was a spot where we did all our dances and, and we did um, our social events in, in that room. Um, and then uh, the living room area upstairs with the fireplaces were all functional. I don't know if they still are. Um, is the piano still there, hopefully? Yeah, it's still there. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's still up there. Okay, so the piano. And then that, that back room was kind of like uh, like a, a meeting room for officers. Um, the, there was an apartment. I think you have a live-in scholar maybe yep. now. Yeah, um, the resident scholar okay. room. Resident scholar room. That was still in a, basically an apartment. Um, and I'll get into that a little bit later on one of your other questions. But then, um, and then the halls were the same. But all, your, all the rooms at the end, yeah. Back in the day, they were called the Ram, and that's where the Ram Jam came from. What I mentioned earlier. Okay. So those are all Rams, and all those just had beds in them, and the the windows were wide open, and whatever it was outside, it was inside the Ram. It was the temperature, <laughs> and a lot of brothers used to sleep in the Rams. Yeah. Wow. Now, um, the room at the end of Out Hall, um, I think that one became a weight room. And kind of like a library, I think, while I was still there towards the end. We had cleaned that one out and kind of made it more of a functional room. But the two rooms um, up and down hall um, at the end were, were, you know, and there was storage out there, too. There was people who put their bikes out there, things that just wouldn't fit in your room. Right. Um, but they were both rams and uh, up and down ram. And, and that was, uh, you know, where a lot of guys slept. And that was that was one of the things pledges had to do, like. You know, you'd have a big brother or maybe somebody else would ask you to, you know, go turn their electric blanket on in the wintertime so that when they went out there, they'd have, they'd have you know, <laughs> it had been on for a while and it's nice and warm for them to climb in. But it was kind of fun. So if you guys slept out in those in those last two rooms, what were your, other, like, what were your actual, like, I guess what we have as rooms now? Like, what were those we used did, for? We did have rooms, but guys chose to just use the RAM to sleep in. So oh, okay. Gotcha. We would typically have, like, I think the year I was president, let's say we had 45 brothers on our, there was about 45 brothers that um, were on the composite that year. And I would say all but maybe two or three lived in the house. So all the rooms were full. Some rooms were doubled up in some cases, but for the most part, it was singles, especially for, you know, upperclassmen. Yeah. Um, there were single rooms and some guys just chose to sleep out there. That was just a place to, wow. you know, get away from stuff and, 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 you know, in the good cold main air, I mean, it was, excuse me, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was just, it was, it was fresh air and, you know, it was, um, it was just, it felt good. It yeah. actually felt good. No, that's, that's, that's so cool. I, I had no idea. So, um, on the same note, I mean, what was the chapter culture like at that time? You know, like what kind on on one hand, like what kind of values did you see like paramount? Like now you see virtue, diligence, and brotherly love. I'm sure at that time you had maybe similar characteristics as well. But also, like, what was the general chapter attitude and culture like? Again, I, I have I'd have to say, looking back now, um, it was extremely diverse. Um, we had we had there was that's probably why I liked it so much. Like. Um, Mark Giovanni, perfect example. He's the guy that would bring you into your room and sit you down and have a nice chat with you. But he was always very focused on 
you know, his work and what he was doing in school and his academics. And he wasn't the only one, but he was just one guy that I remember was always a classy guy, um, would still have fun with everybody, was just as much a brother as anybody else, but he, he kind of ran more of a straight line. Then we had a handful, when I first got in there, we had a handful of um, swimmers. They were guys that, you know, uh, swam on the swim team, right? Yeah. So very dedicated to their sport, get up super early in the morning, they'd have practice for, you know, whatever. They'd have practice sometimes a couple times a day and whatever. Again, very focused. And then we had a bunch of carefree, you know, Johnny Kamlelis that just, you know, were were there to get their education and, and have a good time and, and party it up when they, you know, they could. And, um, and then, you know, I just think that we had, and then all, every, every class, there was just a handful of guys that would, you know, um, we had good athletes in the house. We almost always won the championship back in, in, when we were there um, for various reasons. We just had, we could put, you know, we could put people into slots that nobody else was entering people. And, you know, we would end up doing really well over the, over the time. Um, I remember playing intramural football one time and, and Mark St. Peter got a foul for going through people instead of around them. And that was kind of, that was kind of like, we were all looking at the refs like, well, what do you mean we're playing football? You know, it's like, it was just, <laughs> it was just one of those things. We were, we were pretty, uh, we were pretty competitive. So we had a lot of guys that were, uh, you know, did well in, in their high school sports. So when I came over, you know, um, we had some great basketball teams. We had some good runners. We had some good swimmers. Um, the funny thing is we had all those swimmers that were collegiate swimmers, but they couldn't participate because they were. Right. So we still had other guys that were just good swimmers. And we, um, we did really well in the, the intramural side. So I would say, you know, we, we took, it's funny. We lost our way actually the night of that we were initiated and things got a little out of hand and we actually had to have a brother review after that had happened. Um, I guess there was a bonfire that was started that shouldn't have been started because it was super windy. Um, part of the process was, um, you know, the pledges going down to the river and, and having to jump in. And by the time you get down there, you realize, wait a minute, I'm a brother. I don't have to jump in. <laughs> so it was just one of those kind of crescendo type things. It's like, yeah, I'm a brother. Let's go to the river. And it's like, I'm not going in. <laughs> so, but anyway, so we, we, that party got a little out of hand that evening. And then, um, you know, they kind of put a, put some breaks on at the chapter house. We had a little brother review. We had a few guys that had to leave. So there was a lot of rebuilding after that, just, um, you know, for some people that were upset with some of the folks that were asked to leave. Yeah. And uh, some guys had left the, the chapter to go live off campus and stuff like that. But but for the most part, there was a um, there was a feeling of, you know, we can't let this happen again. You know. Right. And so there was, you know, um, we had a lot of fun, but we certainly, you know, took we took ritual um, serious. We took being a brother serious. We took, you know, the, the pledge classes serious. When, when things happened, we, we would, you know, we had some pretty cool heads and we'd make sure that everything was on the up and up. And so the culture, you know, again, was different than it is today with the balanced man. Um, but it was still, 
you know, I, I have I have something to compare it to now, but I didn't then, right? So it was what it was, and it was kind of the same all the way up and down, you know, um, at the other chapter houses. So, yeah, kind of, kind of um, it was. Yeah, because we had good friends, you know, throughout throughout the other chapters too. You know, uh, we had some Sigma new friends. We had some Delta Tau Delta friends. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, Delta Tau Delta friends. Uh, we used to, you know, party every once in a while over at the Tep House. So there was uh, <coughs> there was always, you know, other fraternities. So you you kind of know how they how they ran their show too. Okay. Um... Yeah. So what were some of your favorite events that you did in the chapter? So um, there's there's a couple. I, I had to think about this one for a while. Um, but the ones I think I enjoyed the most were the ones that we did probably um, with, with like another sorority. Yeah. Because it was an opportunity to get to know, you know, them a little bit better and, and you know, what they were doing. We did a couple of... Um, uh, fundraising sometimes events with the with the, the other uh, sororities, but we always had. So the ones that were were a lot of fun was um, our down Easter night, and that was always where we'd go down to the we'd go down to Portland and we'd grab lobsters and bring them back up, and we'd have a uh, lobster and 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 uh, steaks uh, feed one uh, one semester, and then the other one we used to have that was a lot of fun was um, Klondike night. So, and, uh, I remember, uh, and, and the, the reason why this one's near and dear to me is cause, um, I must've been on the social committee that year or something. And, and Chuck Goodwin, who just, uh, just passed this year, um, uh, from COVID, um, him and I kind of took the reins on that one. And we, uh, we did a really good job of setting up the house and decorating it for Klondike night. We had a goldfish pond and we had you know just we kind of made it look like it was a cave as you walked in the front door going down those stairs we had put some chicken wire and then we had taken newspaper around folded it up and made it look like stones and we really decorated the place really really cool and so those those types of theme nights that we had were probably some of the best um because it was always just the brotherhood maybe even you know one other sorority or dates um, so that was, those were fun. Klondike night, um, uh, and, uh, the down Easter nights. Those were always like, those were always favorites. Yeah. We, we used to do those. So that was a lot of fun. So like, what was, uh, for Klondike night? Like what, what did you guys do like events and stuff like within it? Cause I mean, like it, it sounds like it was like themed, but also like, what did you yeah, do? Yeah, it was, but because we were probably, we probably had like, we didn't have any other events other than just, you know having a good time dancing i mean we had you know like like i said that room was a bar and we had some pretty decent speaker system in there with you know and so it was really more of a dance uh, more than anything else as the night progressed we didn't have like things you know to do um necessarily gotcha yeah okay so um on i guess a more serious note per se what were chapter meetings like Chapter meetings were, um, they're a lot of fun. I mean, the reason we got everybody to come to them, so they're in the house Monday night, we'd have a chapter meeting. Um, we followed very loose, um, Robert's rules, but you know, it was always old business, new business. Um, and, um, the thing that 
the thing that I liked the most is after everything was said and done, we used to pass the gavel. We still do that, yeah. You do. That's yeah. good. And, and I think what was great about pass the gavel was that, you know, this is our understanding of pass the gavel, and this is what I've actually passed down yeah. in, my, in my life after college, is that it's your opportunity to say whatever's on your mind without rebuttal. And if you needed to call somebody out on something or you needed, you know, to get something off your chest, you got it off then and there and it was done and it was over. And I think that that's what kept everybody, you know, from, you know, you you loved your neighbor, you know, even more because, yeah, you know, if you got called out, you get you went on, you, you took it in and you moved on. So um, I, I always like that. We, we used to give out. One of the cool things, and I know my brothers would be pissed if I didn't talk about this. So we used to have awards, and it was a lot of fun because we the awards would be given out to, you know, weekly. And then you'd get the award, you'd take it back to your room, and then next Monday, hopefully, you get rid of it, give it to somebody else. Yeah. Because some of them were not exactly the greatest awards to receive, one of which was the No Mine. And the No Mine was just uh, one of those um, uh, wig... Um, one of those round wig head type things that, and it had a, it had a beanie on the top. And yeah. Anytime you got one of the award, you were supposed to sign it and then you give it to the next person. Afterwards. Right. <clears throat> and the no mind was usually given to someone who did something absolutely, you know, just absolutely stupid or off the wall. <laughs> and it always came with a story. And, um, there was nobody that could tell a story. There, there were guys there that can tell great stories throughout yeah. the years, but, the one that I always had to come back to was um, Donald Cranelmeyer. Again, another brother, unfortunately, we had lost um, early on. But uh, Don, Don would have, he would make up the biggest story and and everybody would know that it wasn't, you know, even 20% or 80% correct, but he just <laughs> told the best story. Yeah. So if you got a story and you ended up with the no mind, you just kind of accepted it because it was just such a great story. Yeah, you had to go with it. Yeah. Know? So it was it was a lot of fun. So that that was one of the things that um, I liked about that. And you know, there was a couple other awards. I'll just leave those out. The guys who know, they well, know. no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, yeah, because yeah. now for we do uh, the intramural award for guys that do like some really good during intramurals in the week. Like if you yep. score a hat trick or something like that. Yep. And then we have, I don't know if you guys used to do this, but we do Bobo, which is basically like, it's an award given to a brother who did something really good for someone else. So sometimes it'll be for like, if you gave someone a car when they needed to go get work done or go to the library or something like that. So those are the two awards that we do now, obviously. Yep. Uh, I don't know if you guys did similar awards back then, but. I don't recall anything like that, but I know we had, uh, we definitely had something for, um, the athletic side i don't remember what it was called or what it was given out um but we had um two of the other ones uh, was the snake and the other one was the the bone and uh the guys that know yeah you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um you were in sigep obviously and you you ended up in the role of president so how did how did that How'd you end up deciding to run for it or ending up in that role? Okay, so 
So I ended up going an extra semester, right? So we changed officers basically from, you know, uh, in the calendar year, not the school year, right? Okay, so yeah, yeah. We were, so, so I was president from uh, January to December because I had stayed that extra semester. So instead right. of graduating in June. So I had run, I had been involved right from the beginning, right from the minute I got to the thing, either I was on some board or helped out with something. Um, so the year prior, um, our president was Scott Harrison, who was one of my little brothers. Um, the vice president was Paul Merrick and the comptroller was Glenn Albee. And Archie and Beef were, um, you know, my pledge class. And I had run for president at that time. We had this huge influx of guys from Bath, Maine, that same year. And I lost out to my little brother, Scott Harrison, because he was from Bath. Okay. And and, and maybe I was maybe a little self-assuming at the time and... Uh, you know, maybe I just didn't always rub everybody the right way at that time. Maybe I was still too much of a Jersey boy. I don't know. But, you know, I didn't. Scott got the nod and I didn't. So, um, of course, I wasn't bitter. Um, but, you know, then the following year, I got my, my opportunity to be the president. Um, and so that it, it worked out. It was, yeah. You know, it was an honor to, to get to that part. And again, it's um it's part of that whole scouting thing. Right. I you know, um, that leadership, you know, that I, that I acquired through scouting, I just wanted to, you know, use for the, for the good. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess a question that popped into my mind as you were talking about that was our executive board now, I feel like is probably vastly different from the positions that are on it during your time. So what did your, what positions did your executive board consist of? So the exec board was pretty basic. It was president, vice president, comptroller, and secretary. Okay. Trying to think if we had another. Um, I think um, we had, uh, I don't know if like our, I think then we just had like committee chairs for like. um, Like recruitment, programming, that kind of stuff is all like chair-based positions. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So it wasn't too much different than it is. Okay. Yeah. So while while you were president, how did your term go? Did you enjoy your time? Did you did you uh like was there anything that you took from your president role that you still apply to your daily life now that you really enjoyed? Um, I, I think it's it's running a meeting, to be honest with you. I think you know, running an effective meeting, having an agenda and having it written down is was key. Um, knowing what you were going to talk about, what you were going to cover. Um, I've always done that. And um, I think when I got an opportunity, to, um, I took over, uh, literally took over a cub pack here in town when my son got to the age of being in scouting. Yeah. And I was almost, not only was I, you know, um, the cub master, but I was also kind of the committee chairman. Even though we had people in those positions, I kind of ran it that way. Right, and I think I I brought everything back to um, doing this, you know, the same thing, and I, and 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 I, you know, I got to a point where, um, in one of my organizations that I was involved with at uh, Bass, 
Bass Nation, Bass Federation, um, there was some strife going on. There was a lot of people talking behind each other's backs and going on and on. And I instituted afterwards when we re when we split and then came back together as Bass Nation, I I instituted um, a segment called basically Pass the Gavel. And uh, you know that was again that was just something that I took from that I took from SIGAP and I right. applied it later on. And then I, when I became um, committee chairman for the Abnaki district um, here in Daniel Webster Council, um, we had this thing, we had a couple guys that would, that were really good about, you know, doing, talking about what they needed to talk about and then they'd walk away and then they'd be, oh wait, one more thing. So I took the one more thing and I turned that into a gavel yeah, and then at the and then I started at our district committee meetings. I started having everybody having a chance to pass the gavel, and talk outside of what we would normally talk about in our meetings, if you will, of SIGAP, but and apply it in a different way. So, gotcha. Yeah. So, um, I guess, uh, and I mean, you talked a little bit about like some of your favorite events, but. Uh, on like I guess a similar vein, but what are some of your favorite memories about the chapter and and your time? See, favorite memories. Um, all right, so I <laughs> Eric Swanson and I just talked about this not too long ago. One of the, I think one of the the big highlights, if you will, is that um, Eric Swanson and I, Swanee and I, we sat down one night. And this was a late night. I don't know, maybe two in the morning, whatever. And we decided that we wanted to win Greek Week and that we were going to put every effort into winning Greek Week. Yep. And the reason why this one stands out is because everything about our our brotherhood shown through, we won, okay? But we didn't, it wasn't for the lack of effort. It wasn't, it was more of the character of the brotherhood. So like, for example, Eric and I decided one afternoon we needed to be in the parade and some chapters had already been spending hours working on floats. Yeah. And one, one float was, I think, I think one of the floats was like a shuttle, you know, and they had, you know, really decked it out. Yeah. They were like working hard at this thing. Right. And Eric and I were driving down the street and we pulled into this guy's driveway. He had a, uh, he had a lobster boat in his driveway and it looked like he'd been sitting there a while. Yeah. We went up to his door. We knocked on the door and asked him if we could borrow it. <laughs> and he said, sure. But at first he thought we were crazy. And then he, and then we explained to him why we wanted it. We said that, you know, we're attorney, we're going to have a parade. We want to do this. And he said, okay. And then we were like, okay, now what do we do? We don't have anything to pull with. <laughs> so one of the brothers, Todd Flaherty had a, um, a pickup truck and it was a beat up old pickup truck but he liked it just the same and uh we went and picked it up and we brought it back to the fraternity house and we didn't decorate it we didn't do anything but what we did do is we got everybody on board and we kind of took we kind of had a little bit of a buffett jimmy buffett theme where we had you know hawaiian shirts and ladies yeah. and and we and we sang um the uh, Gilligan Island song and we sing, you know, Jimmy Buffett songs and we just pulled that thing down and we had the greatest time. 
And at some point, the president of the college was out there, and um, we, we, uh, he, he was, you know, waving to everybody. And then we asked him if he wanted to get up on the float. We stopped. We got him up on the float. He was partying with us. And so we had a great time. Yeah. We won that. And uh, Greek sing, all right? So almost all the Greeks, you know, they had these great songs, just like we have some really great songs, right? Sweetheart song, you know, or whatever, um, our brotherhood song. So, you know, they were all doing those. And, and so we did our serious brotherhood song, shirts and ties. We were all dressed nice. And then we, um, we, we turned around, we took our shirts off, and we had our Hawaiian shirts on again. With yeah. Hawaiian lace. We put the lays back on. And then we did California Girls. <laughs> well, the place went nuts. So we won that too, you know. So at the end of it, you know, with all the points and everything else, we ended up winning. But it was just, it was one of those things where, you know, no matter, you know, whether you were the most astute or you were the, you know, the most cut up or, you know, slacker, didn't matter. We all always came together for the purpose of the Brotherhood for, you know, events like that. Yeah, and and we, and we and we always rose to the green. You know, we always rose to the top. Um, it was pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so, when you look at the chapter from back then, and then you look at the chapter now, and obviously, I mean, it's two very different uh, ways that it's set up. I mean, it's bounce man program now, and that that wasn't a thing back then, but. When you look at the contrast between the chapter then and now, what sort of things kind of stick out? So for me personally, because I've stayed involved, um, the things that stick out to me is that um, I'm, be honest with you, I'm prouder to be a SIGEP today than back then. And, yeah. and for two, for a couple of reasons. One, um, the, the fraternity has a bigger purpose. It had a purpose then. It was a great purpose. It has a bigger purpose now and a better purpose. Um, so th- for that, I'm extremely thankful that our leadership at, you know, at the national level, um, they saw the handwriting on the wall. Yeah. Re- Greeks in general. And they, they rewrote what needed to be done to make SIGEP last into the future. Yes, we're over 100 years old, um, but it'd be nice to be, you know, 200 years old someday. So I think that, that was the thing, you know, um, the biggest contract contrast, if there was one thing that I would say that I wish was the same and I'm, and, and I've got mixed feelings on this, but the one thing I wish in some ways was the same was the way the ritual was done. I think there was ways through a pledge program to get you to the way the ritual was done at the time but that's just me being very traditional um and you know but that that's just one thing uh so th- there's a contrast between you know kind of the way you start to become a brother and how you you know become a brother okay so that's that's a big contrast um <clears throat> i think the focus on the balanced man is awesome you know we didn't have a focus like that you know to aspire to we strove for a buck cup and while i was there i think um president chamberlain i think he ended up uh 
85 maybe we had a buck cup yep you can't remember i don't know if it's still up there or not but we we i think we did get a buck cup um uh one year while i was there so that was kind of cool and so striving for a buck cup was you know different than i think it is today i think i think when i go to you know conclave and i see you know, chapters and get it and i and i say to myself wow you know especially this chapter main alpha having what you're on number seven or eight yeah we're seven in a row yeah seven in a row it gets so hard to get that number eight because you gotta you gotta rise you, you gotta, gotta keep going level yeah for you to get to and it's like what do you add to that resume to get you to that next level and that so that's super impressive and i think um so the contrast would be you know that the balance band project makes a lot of that stuff happen yeah because you guys are concentrating on you know um the sound mind sound body i mean how cool was that when that came out i was there at conclave when you know all this stuff started coming out and you know what so for me it's been really a, a great um it's been a great journey to see the transformation uh I think where we were more social in doing things that were more of a party theme. Yeah. You, the chapter today does more um, philanthropy outside of the house, like doing things for um, charitable organizations. Our charity came from the heart, the brotherhood, and we would extend, um, like, Joe Lewis was a perfect example of our philanthropy and, and the cooks that we had too. But Joe Lewis was the epitome of that, where we took a guy that was down on his luck. He was a library um, custodian or worked down at the library. Um, he was an older gentleman. Um, somehow, he, I think he, had, I, I think his house burned down or something like that, or the apartment he was in. And we took him in and we let him, you know, stay in that, that, that apartment. Yeah. And, um, you know, we made him part of our group, you know, and, and for an older guy like that, that would get, you know, very few visits from his son every once in a while. It was, you know, we were kind of like his, you know, his kids, you know. And, yeah. And so that was that was kind of like one of the things that we did. And so that's a little bit of a contrast in, in how we extended our philanthropies to, you know, people, individuals, as opposed to, you know, like what you're doing today and um, with with some of the functions that you do to raise money for an organization. So, um, you know, it's funny. I went through um, some old alumni stuff that is just to kind of jog my memory because I can't remember anything. And and I and I realized that you know um, it was soon after I left. I mean, real soon after I left. That whole thing with I think you guys when you guys reorganized, they started doing that. Rock to rock for rape, or yeah, rock, rock against rape. rape, rock against rape, and that whole <clears throat> um, that whole uh, that wasn't started then. Actually, that was actually started um, by Kevin Dolan. Um, Kevin Dolan was uh, in a class behind me. I think he was the president after me. Yeah, and um, that was something that 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 discussion started way back then. Really, uh, I think with a with a sorority and a fraternity, and I think the IC board, I think the inner um, Greek council, I think that 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 discussion started a long time ago, and it was uh, it's kind of neat to look back and see that 
at least the roots were there for, for that whole thing. Right. Um, and Sigep was a part of it. So. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like I, like I kind of said before we got started, I, I saw you at Conclave. I talked to you there. And I know, I think when I was talking to Eddie, he mentioned that you still go to every Conclave. So what keeps you so involved with Maine Alpha still to this day? Uh, second point of the scout, oh, I mean, the scout law is tr- loyal. I'm trustworthy, loyal, loyal. It's, it's just, um, I, I don't know. It's just, um, I got a lot out of it, I think. And I think, you know, again, um, I believe in the organization and I believe in where it's going. And, and I know, I know more about it than the rest of my brothers do from my class except for Paul Merrick. Paul Merrick and I have still, Archie and I have been going to those since he's, he's still, since he was a vice president that, that year prior, he got to go the year he was president. So that was uh, 85. Yeah, he went yeah. in 85. Uh, he went again in 87. And then I think my first one was probably 87 or 89. And then we've been going ever since. I missed a couple. I've missed more than he has. I think I missed one more than he has. But, you know, I, right, you know, 87, 89, 91. 91 is this shirt right here. Yeah. Conclave 91. We were in Washington, D.C. And um, we spent a lot of time having a good time at Enclave. Um, we went back in 2001. And in 2001, we were back in Washington for our anniversary, right? It was 100-year-old, you know, the, the chapter was 100 years. What a better place than to be in Virginia or, you know, Washington, Washington D.C. Yeah. So, um, and, uh, you know, we had a chance to get back to uh, that. But I, it's been for a couple of reasons. Um, Paul and I, you know, became instant friends when we pledged SIGEP uh, together. Um, he wasn't, he didn't live too far from where I lived growing up. Even though he was in another state, we were bordering towns. Yeah, um, I was yeah. in New Jersey; he was in New York. And Paul and I, you know, we hit it off right, right from the get go. Um, so we've been, you know, steadfast friends from that day, that point on. And we came through his pledges. We, he was in Forest Products; I was in Forestry. So we went to the same camps together. We did, a, you know, we did a lot of things together, um, both Eagle Scouts. Um, so we had a lot of things that were, you know, we ended up in those leadership roles at the house. We'd go back early so we could clean the place up because we didn't like the way it looked. We'd do a lot of painting projects. So so Paul and I really cared about the place. So when you put that much time into something, it's like it's a part of you. And yeah. I think that's that's what happened. It, I wasn't ready to let that go. And, and the opportunity to see Paul got more difficult as he started moving around the country. He had moved to Louisiana, then he moved to Minnesota, and then he ended up on the West Coast um, in uh, Washington. So for me, it was, you know, at least every two years, I'd get to see my best friend, you know? Yeah. And then, um, you know, just, you know, what a better way to see another city, but then to go to Conclave and, and keep up. And we met a lot of folks along the way that we still see when we go back to Conclave. So that's part of it. I think it's that that connection with those brothers that you know came from. Even though they may have came from other chapters, um, there was that, that same bond, I guess, if you will. Right. Um, right. You know, Sigep had a 
the leader counseling leadership academies i went to those you know and and then i got a taste of what it was for a regional level yeah and then yeah. to go to the national level um it's it's the same as my organization here in scouting in, in the state of new hampshire we have the daniel webster council and we have a district you know that i had some leadership role in at one time and and then you have your your local chapter you know you have your local troops and and compact. So I, I think there's some parallel things in my life that, you know, kind of a little CD, you know, I kind of like to keep things the same a little bit sometimes, you know, and, and straight. And, but uh, yeah, so I, I think that's, you know, the chapter's hard to keep up with because of where I live. Um, but I kind of know what's going on. And in the world of social media, I kind of know everything that's going on, you know, that's posted. So yeah. You know, I know your accomplishments. I know, you know, you guys have those spotlights on new brothers and it's kind of cool to see, you know, where they're coming from and what they what they thought and having them join. And, you know, it's just, just kind of cool to see all that. Yeah. Um, so is there anything that I missed that you want to talk about? Uh, yeah. I could go on for a pretty long time. So, but I'll end it there. I mean, I... You know, for me, um, virtue, diligence, and brotherly love is what it's all about. Um, and, and uh, you know, anytime I get to see, you know, and strange things, right? I see a red door, and the first thing I think of is, you know, the brotherhood. Um, and it could be on a house somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Just a red door just means to me a certain thing. And, um, and, and, and I think it does for most brothers. They there's certain things you just won't forget from from your time um others you know choose to move on and that's fine um but when you bring it up or you talk about it or you see somebody um no matter who it is um there's going to be a hug involved you know you're gonna you're gonna you know it could be years but you still you still care about that person you know um and so the brotherhood is you know probably the one thing that I think I hang on to probably the most uh, when when my buddy Chuck uh, did pass away um, I actually got really mad I was mad that you know all of us were getting together for the wrong reasons because we hadn't spent some time together like we should have yeah so you know I was I went through a lot of emotions at that time but the one thing that really got me was the, the anger that I felt for missing out on you know some years you know life goes on you leave school you go into your careers you raise families you get to be my age and you're looking back and you know my kids are all out of college now and uh you kind of wonder where all that time went and you, you don't want you know those those friendships to fall by the wayside because you know what it is you know when, when a brother falls there's always someone there to pick him up so right um just like to be there for, for you know my brotherhood when I can. So. Yeah. Well, awesome. It was, it was great being able to talk to you. I, I, I learned a lot. Like there's a lot about the chapter before recharter that I have no idea about. So it's really cool to, to hear about your experiences and what it was like, some of the stuff you did. So I appreciate you taking the time to come on today. Well, I, I, I'm glad to, and, um, you know, anytime you guys need anything or perspective from back in the day, um, you can give me a call because I'll share some stuff that won't be on a podcast. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. So uh, thank you for coming on. And again, to our listeners, thank you for listening.